Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What's up, everybody? DJ Bucky here from Move the Sticks. Before you get to your episode today, here's what's coming up on our latest episode. DJ and I are going to break down what to look for in each preseason game, give you some nuggets that could help you, maybe even in your fantasy league. Doesn't matter who, which team you like, we will discuss them on the latest Move the Sticks episode. You can download it on iTunes. You can check us out on YouTube as well as NFL.com slash podcast. Fantasy freaks and geeks. Can I say that? Yeah, you can. All right, I said that. No James Co. today. I am Marcus Grant. This is still the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. James has the day off. Be safe wherever you are, James Co. We're well, thinking about We you. know where he is. He's, he's, in, he's, he's in, in Las Vegas. Vegas. Which is why I said be safe. Makes nice. sense. Uh, anyway, I am Marcus Grant. We've got the Wiz Kid from Wisconsin, Alex Gelhar, behind the glass. Yep. We have uh, Matt Franciscovich. Are you the magical beard of fantasy? I guess so. The just, franchise. Just, just call me franchise. He's the franchise. And then to my right here is the wide receiver whisperer, Matt Boy, young boy, Harmon. How you doing, man? What's good, man? I hate that that is uh, on this podcast. JJ literally ruined my life with that. It nickname. is a thing. That's not hyperbole at all. It is not hyperbole. That is absolutely a thing. Anyway, we got plenty to talk about on this podcast. Going to go through some of what happened last night, the first actual night of preseason football. We uh, we got it delayed. We thought we were going to actually have preseason football on Sunday. That didn't happen. We had a lot of it on Thursday night, so we're going to talk about some of that. And then we have our AFC North preview. Of course, we're going to have some more entrance into the fan leagues announced today, and then uh, we'll do daily dabs and get out of here. But uh, plenty to talk about, so let's get into it, starting with some news. The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Whistles go. Woo! I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. Watch the news because I'm a kid. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife. We will start in San Diego, where a fantasy stronghold favorite, Stevie Johnson, is out for the year. We uh, heard the news last week about the the knee injury. Had to have surgery on a torn meniscus. And uh, unfortunately, we will not see Stevie Johnson wearing the bolt on the side of his helmet this season for the San Diego Chargers. So uh, that brings up the question, who's next? I mean, obviously, Travis Benjamin comes in and was expected to kind of make an impact anyway. Does this... Does this make a bigger impact for him, or is there somebody else we should be keeping an eye on? Harmon. 
Oh, this, Arm, this you're is, the wide receiver guy, so I guess I should ask. You just you. wrote you wrote a whole piece on this offense too before. Yeah, you, that was really cool. You basically jinxed it. Yeah, I did. I did kind of job. say that they were a top five wide receiver core, and then one of their more important wide receivers gets hurt. That's great, lovely. Um, I think that this has a two pronged effect. Uh, one, I think this means just even more guaranteed targets for Keenan Allen because those two kind of win on the field in the same way. Um, but the real sleeper here is Tyrell Williams. He's a guy that's gotten a lot of buzz from Chargers camp. He was really productive at in college at, at I think is Western Oregon he broke a lot of school records he was incredibly athletic over 80 per, or a, over 80th percentile in uh in his spark score which measures uh workout athleticism so he's a guy that's really intriguing but also you know he's kind of more in that deep threat mold a guy that can win down the field and that's what Travis Benjamin will really do so I think just more of those short area possession targets will go to Keenan Allen now does this impact that we talk about rookie tight ends and never really doing much and that that has generally been the trend there's a group of rookie wide receiver or rookie tight ends this year that we kind of talked about the other day they were all mildly excited about one of them is hunter henry down there in san diego obviously antonio gates is still the man when it comes to that position but i don't know does this potentially i mean i could see the chargers running some two tight end sets this year maybe getting hunter henry on the field is that move tight end i mean am i am i crazy for thinking that right now Maybe a little crazy. All right, sweet. Yeah. Uh, they just have they have so many other guys there too. I think this like last year we saw when all of their wide receivers died as well. Uh, Danny Woodhead led the team in targets and receptions because yes, he he's a guy that can work out of the backfield. They'll go and put him in the slot because he's a matchup as he's a mismatch against linebackers there. So, I I mean this could be a slight uptick for Hunter Henry, not to the point I think where he's going to be draft relevant or anything. Uh, like Harmon said, this is going to be more guaranteed targets for Keenan Allen, and then I would think Danny Woodhead and Antonio Gates also pick up some of that slack. Uh, there you go. Any uh, any other news? Anything worth talking about in San Diego? I mean, any other chart changes you see? I mean, can I can I use this to fuel the Melvin Gordon hype train a little bit more? I don't see how you could do that. All right, yeah, no. probably not. Look, man, I'm trying. <laughs> All, All right. right, let's get to the preseason. Then. Let's get to the preseason. There were a number of games uh, that happened last night. In fact, there were six of them that were played last night across the National Football League. And uh, we're just going around the horn here. I mean, what, Alex? Uh, start with you. Biggest takeaway, the biggest thing you saw that excited you, disappointed you, what have you from last night? Well, there was a lot of excitement in the Ravens' backfield because we got to see Terrence West, and he looked good. We he got did. to see Kenneth Dixon, and he looked good. He did. Against like, Buck. the guys that aren't going to make the squad. Shut up. Yeah. Buck Allen scored a <laughs> touchdown. And uh, the takeaway is that this backfield's still a mess right now. There could be fantasy production to mine from it. Uh, we saw some, saw a couple guys flash. Uh, we saw, you know, they looked good, but... Right now, they're splitting up the carries. Terrence West had 10 touches, Kenneth Dixon had 9, and Buck Allen had 7. So, And Justin Forsett didn't even play because he's still coming back from injury. So yeah. for now, I'm staying away from this backfield. I mean, except for like Terrence West dart throws and MFL 10s. But it's definitely a position group I'm going to continue to watch with a lot of interest in the preseason to see if anybody emerges as the true number one threat. Uh, franchise, anything uh, really blow you away last night? Uh, just a couple nice wide receiver performances. Uh, Allen Robinson had a nice day. Michael Thomas, rookie in uh, New Orleans, had some amazing catches, which is a good sign. Even though there's a lot of mouths to feed there, I like seeing him do well. Um, and uh, Malcolm Mitchell in New England was doing well until he hurt his elbow. But I guess it's a little less serious than originally thought, which is a good sign. But he, I guess the report is he'll be out four weeks, which is kind of uh, – for a rookie, that's not good. Parman, so. I'm telling, I'm, I keep trying to invite you onto the Chris Hogan bandwagon, and no. you keep refusing my invitation. 
as as a kind-hearted soul, I'm going to extend the invitation to you once again, and and hopefully one of these times you you decide to take it. Well, let me send it right back to you. <laughs> uh, for one, just just on Chris Hogan, I just don't understand like what is the appeal here at. At best, if everything is right, he's like the fifth receiving option behind Gronk, Martellus Bennett, Julian Edelman, and Deion Lewis. So then, like, that's the fifth spot in the pecking order that's open. And, yeah, some of those guys have injury questions, and he could be thrust into a bigger role. But on a week-to-week perspective, you're not going to ever want to – you're literally never going to tell yourself a story where he's going to be in your lineup or even really you want him as your wide receiver five, whatever. So enough of that. Stop inviting, <laughs> stop inviting me. I'm not coming to your party. Uh, but as far as preseason football last night, man, it was it was awesome. I got to say, I went on a run after the game, and uh, I was like, I don't even think I actually got any exercise because I was just like gliding through the neighborhood. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it was so exciting to have it back. But, yeah, the Malcolm Mitchell thing was disappointing because he looks like a player that could get involved right away in that offense. And, yeah, unfortunately, man. this elbow injury sounds like it's going to keep him out four weeks. But, um, yeah, a lot of good a lot of good takeaways last night. I, I we'll talk about Baltimore's backfield more when uh, when we talk about them later. Spoiler alert. Yeah, we're uh, we're going to be talking about the teams of the AFC North, so we'll get into the uh, the Ravens a little bit. Uh, for me, I, I took a look at the Broncos a little bit last night, and you know, yeah. I know a lot of the talk was about Mark Sanchez and the fact that he was kind of a roller coaster, but that that's who Mark Sanchez is. I mean, we know that by now. But what I, I really took away from the Broncos is they are going to be kind of an old-school smash mouth, almost like a, a, an old Jim Harbaugh team where they're going to play really good defense, and they're going to run the football a lot. Yep. And we saw – I mean, C.J. Anderson had only had two carries, but you know, two carries for eight yards, whatever. We saw a lot of Capri Bibbs later in the game, and, and he looked decent for you know whatever that's worth. But I just – it just kind of reinforces to me what I expect from this team, that they are going to be a smash-mouth, grinded-out team. And if they ever get into a situation where Mark Sanchez or Trevor Simeon or Paxton Lynch or whoever it is playing quarterback, if they've got to drop back and throw the ball 40 to 45 times, that means things have gone terribly wrong for this group. So Yeah, that's a good bump for C.J. Anderson there with the, how much they're going to want to run. And in the backup discussion for him, I know a lot of people are high on Devontae Booker, but Ronnie Hillman still being the veteran there got more carries ahead of him. Yeah. And speaking of backfield splits, one other interesting one that uh, came up was in Jacksonville because we saw T.J. Yeldon was looking pretty good between the 20s, and then <clears throat> as soon as they got down near the red zone, Chris Ivory came trotting in. Their, That's going to be prized, the story of the year. Yeah, their prized acquisition in free agency. But it speaks to also because they were so uh, unsuccessful last year in the red zone. I tweeted this out during the game, but – they had – oh, and I just screwed up my Twitter account here. That's not what I wanted. I don't want settings right now. You guys don't care about that. <laughs> but so uh, last year in the red zone, they had 44 attempts and only scored two touchdowns. And Ivory came in in this game and ran it three times, gained positive yards on two of them, and scored once. Yep. So that's that's why they brought him in, it looks like. And uh, we'll have to see in the coming games if that trend, for lack of a better word, bears out. But it seems like it could be a pretty even split, and maybe we don't have to be as scared of drafting both of these backs in fantasy as we have been so far this offseason. Um, real quick before we, we move on to the AFC North teams, uh, we I know we were all sitting around when the games first kicked off and watching a little bit of the, the Bucks game. Um, Doug Martin, five carries, 13 yards, anything really of note to take away from that or from anything in that in that uh, Buccaneers game? I think Martin looked good. He looked nice. Yeah. Uh, Though one thing here, Charles Sims, I, th- I think he like had his ankle wrapped up a couple days ago from camp, so he didn't get any snaps or anything. No, mm-hmm. uh, we saw a lot of Mike James in right. that ball. Right. Seven but, carries, three yards. Also had a catch for twenty six. Yeah, from what I've seen from Doug, what I saw from Doug Martin last night, I, it's it's encouraging. He looks like the same guy he was last year, and they're gonna give him the ball a lot, and 
Let's go, Doug Martin. Uh, and Brian Matthews, too, in that same game. I mean, it was yes, right. early, a couple carries, yeah. but he Matthews was showing the same kind of ability that he had last year where he could plant his foot and get upfield quickly. and showed He showed good vision behind the line. And he had a little bit burst, of power back there, too. A little bit of power and, and dragged a couple people uh, in the end zone there. So uh, Matthews is one of, those, one of those good guys. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of inherent injury risk with him given his history, but if you uh, start out with a lot of wide receivers and are looking for somebody that's going to be a borderline featured running back in their offense, uh, Ryan Matthews is a great guy to target in that fourth to sixth round range. So there are 10 more games to be played all across the weekend. Uh, we'll get started at 7 o'clock Eastern here on Friday night. Uh, of course, you can see some of those games uh, on the you – know, actually, at some point, you can probably see all of those games on, oh, yeah, the, on Network. Just set your DVR to record like all of the NFL they Network. They will all the appear on NFL Network uh, before the preseason is over, so uh, certainly keep an eye on that. And uh, uh, Actually, can we use this to you know, plug the our Game Pass as well? Yeah, we, we, all, have, we all have it, thank, obviously, because we work here, but it's a, it's, a, it's a frustrating product at times because it's trying to do a lot, but it also is super, super useful. If you get Game Pass, you can watch the preseason games live. Uh, you can get coaches film. You can get everything. All the games are in there. It's a super, super useful tool for fantasy players yes. and just football diehards. And I would say absolutely. I mean, for me, the the condensed games are so incredible. nice. It's for nice. preseason especially. Yeah. It's, it's nice to be able to sit and watch a game, an entire game in half an hour. You know, they cut out all the between play stuff, so you don't have to worry about that. It's just play after play. And so if you are watching for certain things, the condensed games are an absolute life. And while we're plugging stuff, don't forget, sign up to play fantasy today. NFL.com slash fantasy. It's free. It's fun. We promise. We do, we do it a lot. I mean, it's what we do for a living. So uh, you can take our word for it. And NFL.com slash draft kit. Do mock drafts. Get rankings. Read all of our crazy analysis and stuff. Why Harmon doesn't think Todd Gurley's a top five pick. Why franchise is believing in Kristen Michael again. Which is a heater, by the way. Uh, it's yeah. absolute oh, it's such a good piece. You got to read Absolute it. heater. NFL.com slash franchise to find that one. NFL.com slash Harmon. Or NFL.com slash draft kit to get all of it. There you go. All right. All right. On to the AFC North. I tell you on to Cincinnati, but we're starting in Baltimore. So we'll start with the Ravens. Joe Flacco. We know he's elite. That's already been decided. Obviously. We're talking about fantasy, though. Is he? We'll start with you, franchise, because these are your, you know, your your hated rivals in the AFC North, the Baltimore Ravens. Um, Flacco, you, you taking a shot at him in the late rounds? Is that is that something you're looking at? You're looking for? Probably not. No. <laughs> there are at least twelve other quarterbacks I have ranked ahead of him. Um, the other thing is oh, he's coming off an ACL tear. The other thing is, like, the talent he has, his weapons are not what I would call dangerous. Mm. So, But your boy Kamar Aiken is there. You just slandered your own son. Well, all right, Kamar Aiken. I like Kamar Aiken. But other than that, Brashad Perriman hasn't still played in a preseason game yet. He's still coming off a knee injury. Mike Wallace is old. Uh, who else is there? Man, who knows if we'll see Steve Smith again. We Steve don't Smith. I – I don't think Steve Smith is going to make it back. Maybe he will, but if he does, he's not going to be as effective as he was. It'll be in a limited role, I would imagine. Yeah, and, like, I I don't know. I'm just not pumped up about the Ravens' offense this year, man. So I'm not taking a chance on Flacco. If I can make the case for Flacco, though. Please do. I would say that that there's going to be a lot of volume there. The lowest that Mark Tressman's offenses have ever ranked in terms of pass attempts is 16th in the NFL in 2013 with Chicago, and that was on just a much more functional team. Uh, I could see see the Ravens pushing – I mean, they were number one in pass attempts last year, and, of course, they went through a lot of quarterbacks after Flacco got hurt, but I could see them pushing the top five again just because this defense is not nearly what it used to be. They're going to be in pass-heavy game scripts, and it can be a little tricky chasing volume over efficiency at the quarterback. 
quarterback position, but you know, for probably not a top 12 quarterback, but certainly as a DFS guy, if you play in two quarterback leagues or just a streamer one week, I think there are going to be plenty of times where yeah. Flacco makes makes good for your lineup. And he was yeah. not nearly as bad as he was billed last year. He just had two horrific games against Denver and Pittsburgh on Thursday night. But other than yeah. that, he's pretty solid. No, I, I agree. I was going to peg him as more of a streaming candidate personally. Um, he's not – like there are other quarterbacks I'd rather take my high upside late-round shots at. But yeah, Flacco's sure. a guy I will be keeping an eye on in the waiver wire if he gets hot or one of my other picks struggles. He yeah. is my second – or he's my most owned quarterback in MFL 10s, though, because he goes so cheap, and I do yeah. think he has high weekly upside. But he's not the first quarterback you're taking. No, he's normally almost always the second. So He's our consensus-ranked 22 – uh, quarterback twenty-four. I, you know, as you know, peek behind the curtain a little bit. The, on our rundown, you know, as Alex puts this thing together, it says you know the questions here for the Ravens: Flacco, a late round QB worth taking. Who else is all in on Aiken Wallace's late round targets? What the hell with his backfield? Anyone touching a tight end here? I would like to take those last three questions and just condense them down into one and just say, who is the who is the one player on this roster? Because they have so much depth and so much confusion at just about all the skill positions. If you had to pick one player on this roster that you actually had confidence in to put on your fantasy team, who would it be? Can we take Kamar Aiken out of this equation, though? Because I think we're all pretty confident. All right. Okay. So, yeah, all sure. right, so, then, so one player, not, one player not named Kamar Aiken, then. Terrence West. All right. Franchise? I would say Justin Forsett. I was going to say Mike Wallace. Or- <laughs> Former Raven, or just don't side. draft anyone on this team. And that's kind of, I guess, that's where I'm going with this. Is that I would feel better if Jim Harbaugh just came out and said, "Screw you and your fantasy team. We're going to run 37 gonna guys." Going to say that from Michigan? Yeah. Uh, sorry, John Harbaugh. <laughs> One of those Harbaughs. You know, I'm all fired same. At this same point. guy. Same guy. He's basically, having his, basically, basically same, same person. person. He's having his brother uh, deliver deliver lines. Uh, you know, lines. exactly. You know, is he, is he shirtless too? He calls Probably. Jim to drop the hammer on stuff. But you know, if <laughs> if. I just, I, I guess, I look at all these position groups, and there's so much uncertainty. I mean, I know Terrence West looked really good last night, and and he certainly appears to be turning a corner in his career. Hype but train. The, but there is still Justin Forsett, and there is Kenneth Dixon, and there is Buck Allen, and you know they've got what three or four tight ends. We we went through all the wide receivers. I guess I I I know there's no such thing as a sure thing in fantasy football, but this just seems like too much uncertainty for me to wade into these. Right. Players. Same. I. Oh, I was just going to jump in on Wallace quick because Wall, like you said, and to quick jump back on Aiken because uh, in case somebody's listening for the first time and hasn't heard us wax philosophic about Aiken, he was very quietly effective and efficient last year when everybody else on this team was injured. His uh, pace over the last eight games would have put him on pace for uh, 100 catches, about 1,000 yards, and eight touchdowns. So he's going to be that that short yardage chain mover guy that works the intermediate space. But Wallace is that is the is the Tory Smith type of player that Joe Flacco kind of needs in this offense where he can take the top off and he can do those those moonshots too and I'll take a stab at Wallace in the later rounds um, because he's also only like two years removed from a solid season in Miami where he had nine or ten touchdowns. Man, Granted, it, feel, it feels like so long ago. I know, ago. it feels like ages ago, <laughs> but when you actually look at it, you're like, oh, wow, that was legitimately like two years ago. So he's still got some talent. He's only 30. He's not like pushing 37 like Steve Smith is. So yeah. I'm okay with Wallace as a p- potential number one option in a high, and also potential high-volume passing offense as my wide receiver four or five. The backfield, though, while I like so many of these players in it, I don't know that I'm going to be touching it. No. Um, I think Aiken is a pretty – like, he's a locked-in ninth-round pick to me. Yeah. I think he's perfect in that range. I'm writing about receivers that could see 120 targets that would kind of surprise us. I think he's the top of that list. And he's a good player. I wrote reception perception on him, and, and he's like, legitimately did break out last year. I think he, he'll be the best receiver on there. But the backfield, this is how I see it 
playing out, and anybody can feel free to disagree with me. Um, I, I, th- I honestly think that Justin Forsett's a pretty good candidate to get cut outright. Cut uh, which yeah. is, before which the is, season starts, which is really amazing considering how good he was a cut just a couple right. of years. He ago. was a top, he was a top eight running back last or not last two year, years the year ago. before that. Yeah. But he's not that good of a, a receiver. I think Buck Allen is locked into that role as as the pass catching back. He caught a touchdown last night. He's he's not like dynamic in the passing game, but he's solid. He's got good hands and and those big backs out in space can make can make pretty good hay. They're not obviously not going to cut Kenneth Dixon, of course, but I would wonder if Kenneth Dixon starts taking more of that work. Though he's so sure-handed too, he, he is. But I think he's going to come along slowly because he started off. But I mean, if he has a dynamic preseason, like he's he's the one that I think of all these guys could be their feature back. Yeah. But he's still a fourth-round rookie. Like, right, just might come along slowly. But I mean, honestly, Terrence West is building the drumbeat that we look for in the preseason. It started in mini camps with oh, he's in the best shape of his life, which it, we write off, but it means something. And he's getting positive buzz there. Then all the beat writers are you know in lockstep that he looks great in training camp, the best player on the team and then you know he comes out and runs hard in the preseason I I don't see why they wouldn't give him at least early down work and in the go and in the red zone I mean he scored two TDs last night like I think if you're drafting a zero running back team or just even going wide receiver heavy Terrence West is kind of the ideal guy that you can pluck in the late rounds and toss out there in the first couple weeks even if Dixon ends up taking his job the one thing I will say about the Ravens and and you know Looking around, and I think I think a lot of people feel sort of how we do about this confusion in the backfield. It is, I think, created a situation where all these guys have really reasonable draft prices. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the thing about Terrence West, where that has kind of gotten me on board with him, knowing that you're getting him almost for free at this free, point, yeah. at the, yeah. the back end of your drafts. And so if it doesn't work out, you put him on waivers, and you haven't really lost a whole lot of right. anything. But if it does work out, then you've got a great gym there on your hands. I don't yeah. agree with throwing Justin Forsett to the win, though. I think he's going to get the shot to be the starter. Maybe he loses the job once the season starts to someone else, but I think he's going to get every chance to get that start. Here's the thing. If Justin Forsett does get cut, he'll get scooped up in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah somebody, somebody will, will give him a chance. Or or any of these other guys for that for that sake. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. Uh, on to Cincinnati? On to Cincinnati. Sure, let's on do it. to Cincinnati. All right. So, A.J. Green, first round or nah? Oh, h- hell yeah. Yes. Top okay. five pick. In top five now. Yeah, I think he's the wow. one. I think he's the 1.04. Clearly, I've held that position for a while. I think he's going to push for 170 targets, but at worst, he'll get back into the 150, 160 range where he was earlier in his career when he was a locked in, you know, top five fantasy receiver. And I mean, I think he had, we, we know he's great. We know he's a great player, but I think the volume will be there. And I know a lot of people are kind of hung up on the idea that he's volatile week to week. And that's certainly been the case the last couple of years when there were so many talented players on the offense last year. And then the year before he was hurt a lot. But I think the week-to-week consistency is going to be there this year. Um, all right. I mean, look, I, I like A.J. Green. I love his talent. And I guess is it, is it that – I feel like a lot of people are sort of – I won't say lukewarm on him, but he doesn't – he never gets mentioned, obviously, in the same breath as, you know, Antonio Brown, OBJ, Julio Jones. He's kind of in that next group with, you know, the Des Bryants, the Allen Robinsons, uh, that group, the DeAndre Hopkins. Um, is it is – it, Fear of Andy Dalton? Are we, or is, is it fear of a red planet that uh, has kind of gotten everybody a little bit antsy on A.J. Green? Is that what it is? I think it might be what happened last year. He had some weeks where you just couldn't start him. He had a lot of, like, four for 60 sort of, like, just 
yeah. meh weeks. Yeah, yeah I no, think people sure. are turned off by that. But, yeah. I mean, you know. But th- things have changed. You know, things have changed drastically in this. Well, yeah, but, I mean, on the surface, those changes are seemingly for the worse. I mean, there's no Mohamed Sanu. There's no Marvin Jones. No Tyler Eifert for who knows how long. I mean, so, you know, there, there's, I guess – there is changes, but they're not necessarily what I, immediately positive. What I would say with those changes and how they're positive for A.J. Green, though, is that, one, he's tied to who's Andy Dalton, who's actually been, despite the narratives around him, a steadily improving quarterback over the last couple of years. And even though Hugh Jackson is gone, Dalton's quarterback coach for his entire career is now his offensive coordinator. There's still consistency. So that's going to help him out. He's So A.J. Green's conceivably going to be getting more targets from a more efficient quarterback. Uh, our friend Pat Thorman at Pro Football Focus had tweeted this out um, back in June that when Dalton was the, the overall QB4 in 2013, his fantasy points per drop back were .49, which ranked 12th in the league. But last year, before he got injured, I think he was still the QB4 or QB5, his fantasy points per drop back were .59, tied for the third best in the league. He has been getting better and in a lot of other stats too, yards per attempt and things like that. So I'm I'm all in on AJ Green too. I think he's I wasn't as high as Harmon was early on him, but uh, I definitely consider him a first round pick now. And I also think we're kind of undervaluing Andy Dalton. Like he I agree. was he was great in fantasy last year before he got injured. And I don't know if it's because he's a ginger or whatever that people <laughs> now that he got injured are just kind of off of him. But man, he he's one of those guys too. Where in the later rounds, it's not going to be the sexiest pick when you make it in your draft. But when when Dalton's putting up 18, 20 points for you on a weekly basis. You'll be gravy. Is he a QB1? I, I'm i going to say no. Just uh, on the fringe on the like outside. Maybe a high-end QB2 just because I think the last time we saw him with substandard personnel in 2014 when his weapons were hurt, he was the quarterback uh, He was the quarterback 23. And I, I don't think he's going to be cratered down to there again because they still have some decent players around him. But mm-hmm. without Marvin Jones, who I think Marvin Jones is a difference maker, and I think that matters. And if Tyler Eifert is dinged up too, I don't know that he's going to be putting up the fantasy output that he was last. This is this. Is, I would also say that hoping Tyler Eifert doesn't suffer any other setbacks. Like Dalton might get off to a slow start, but when he has AJ Green and Eifert and Gio Bernard, I think he'll be. That's in, more than enough to help him keep the boat afloat. Uh, you mentioned Gio Bernard, so that, that begs the next question: What to do about this back? I guess the. I guess more pointedly. What to do about Jeremy Hill? Because I think we all are in agreement that Gio Bernard is going to be pretty good this year. And I think that's a guy that a lot of people are targeting. So I guess the question is, how do we feel about Jeremy Hill? Because he wasn't really great. He had double-digit touchdowns, but that is not necessarily indicative of how he played last year. Uh, Yeah, I just profiled this backfield uh, for the website, my running back duos series here. And there's – I don't know if I could find a reason why Jeremy Hill was – so inefficient last year other than as we've talked about like he just didn't seem confident he was it was in his head he was trying to do too much he was trying to rip off that big run on every play and that's not how you that's not how you chip away at yardage his his yardage total was fewer than 800 rushing yards and that's horrible but he had 11 touchdowns and I put in this article um uh Gio Bernard and Jeremy Hill are the best by statistically the best duo running back duo in the NFL over the last two years. And I got a lot of heat for that on Twitter. People like, what about Lev Bell and D'Angelo Williams? What about what, an, another backfield? And if you look at the stats, the Jeremy Hill and Gio Bernard since 2004 
the duo ranks first in total carries, first in total rushing yards combined, first in rushing touchdowns combined, and first in scrimmage yards combined. So they are one of the most productive backfields in the NFL, whether you like it or not. And Jeremy Hill's going in like the fourth or fifth round right now, and he's a candidate for the early down work again. His role isn't going to change, and he's going to get all the goal line touches, and I think that's a huge value. He could provide RB1 upside, and you can get him in the fourth or fifth round. I read your piece, and I thought it was really good and convincing a case on both of them and what they are. And I think the way you profiled Gio Bernard was just like a very consistent week-to-week option. And I was listening to the Living the Stream podcast last night, and they, they made a good point about uh, – and that's with J.J. Zacharyson and, yep. and Denny Carter. They made a good point that, like, you know, everybody wants to tweet out a picture of their roster and it'd be, like, the sexiest thing ever, and everybody's got running back one upside. And Gio Bernard might not have that in his range of outcomes if Jeremy Hill doesn't get hurt. Right. But he's a good week-to-week floor play, and you, you outlined a good reason for that in your article – um, but then he does have that upside that if Hill got hurt, he would already have the passing game role and then would get early down work. But it, your your article also made me just more intrigued with Jeremy Hill because I see him fall to the sixth round sometimes. Yeah, you can I, get him late. I think that there's a pretty good chance that with some of the passing game weapons leaving that the offense becomes more of a, of a pounded out offense. Yeah. And, and that would lead to Jeremy Hill getting more touches. I agree. And something I mentioned about uh, Bernard is he's never had more than, I think, 170 carries in his career. We know yeah. he's the passing down guy. He's a great PPR back. But he's going, like, in the seventh, maybe sixth, seventh round Which range. excites me. I mean, well, if, if he falls it, to me in the seventh round, I'm thrilled. See, I, th- I feel like that's too early for a guy who's who doesn't get that much volume and you're just kind of relying on the receptions at, for the floor, which in a PPR league is great, but in a standard league – Maybe not so much. So if you can get Hill in the fourth or fifth round and Gio's going in the seventh round, I would rather take Hill and kind of let Gio go to someone else. Oh, but see, my argument for Gio, like, falling in falling in my lap in maybe the seventh round is that two of his three years in the NFL, he's had 1,200 scrimmage yards or more. Um, his first two years, he had you – know, first year he had eight touchdowns. Second year he had seven touchdowns. Last year was a little bit of a dud with just the two touchdowns. Right, right. But – You know, yeah, he, as a rusher, doesn't blow you away. He just had 150 carries basically last year. But when you look at the overall production from scrimmage, uh, I feel a little bit better about what you're getting out out of Gio Bernard. I also like I'm I'm I think I'm excited about Gio Bernard for what I think his role, expanded role in the offense will be both as a pass catcher and as Harmon hinted like if they do pound it out more they're not going to feed Hill 300 some carries Gio is talented as well between the tackles he doesn't have to be a hurry up guy I could see him snagging a few more carries that would help help boost his weekly ceiling even a little bit more but this is the committee backfield I'm probably the least scared about in the NFL, and I'm, I'm pretty happy to get either of these well, guys. Well, Geo's price below his floor. In, even in PPR drafts, he's going as the running back 25, and he's never not been a top 20 running back in PPR. It's, yeah. it, uh, it, I mean, you talk about this being a committee, Alex, and I feel like this is the most well-defined committee situation. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Thank you, Bengals. <laughs> you know, Very nice of you. Uh, so nice of you. Um Quickly on on Tyler Eifert. I mean, I, he's going to come off the board in drafts because he's just too talented. Where are you guys comfortable grabbing this guy? Eighth round, I think. Yeah, it sounds about right. I don't know. So then when you have Tyler Eifert, who are you drafting as your other tight end to kind of get you through those first couple weeks of the season? Jergoat Cook? Yeah, that's exactly uh, what I was going to say. 
That's the first time Jared Cook and Goat have ever been used in the same sentence. Well, I don't know about that. Okay, well, maybe, <laughs> maybe not. There's a lot of idiots out there on Twitter, so uh, and we're we're definitely some of them. But I, I mean, I like I like Jared Cook this year. I'm I'm getting more and more more and more about that life, uh, especially now that he's actually tr- playing. With, I, you know, I've seen Jared Cook. Just side side note of Jared Cook. I've seen him fall to like literally my last pick in MFL tens. Oh that's, yeah, that's dumb. That's I know it's so dumb. exciting. Twenty round drafts. That's hey, dumb. Don't don't talk about it. Be about it. Just live it, man. Enjoy, hey, listen. Enjoy I'm your here. enjoy your bounty. I'm here for the people. <laughs> enjoy your uh, bounty. All right, but yeah, Tyler Eifert, he's he's super talented. He's one of their primary red zone weapons. So when he comes back, he's going to have reliable production in that offense, but you're going to be missing him for anywhere from one to four, maybe more weeks. We don't know yet as he works his right, way back. Right. So. That's the part that you know, is hard because we don't have any clarity on exactly how But you could probably stream tight ends to worst-case scenario and find usable production until he comes back. Very true. Clive Walford, anybody? Antonio Gates still goes in the 11th round, which I find nonsensical. Zach yeah. Miller? Um, Miller, I baby. Think, I think the Gates thing is just because, you know, old. ancient, yeah. Uh, on to Cleveland? On to Cleveland. Right. Over to the... Oh, Do you still call it the factory of sadness? I mean, they're trying to they're trying to change their production methods there in uh, in Cleveland. They right are. Now. Uh, okay, let's just start. RG three or nah? We drafted them. I mean, is, I don't know, is, is man. This a thing that's happening. I want to see him in the preseason. Yeah, we got to watch him. I'm gonna say we're not drafting him unless you again play in a deeper league or an yeah. NFL ten. But I think he's a pretty good streamer this year. Yeah, because I agree. The Browns will fall behind. He can run. I saw him. I saw him run in practice and slide. I mean, I didn't see it, but I saw somebody vine it. <laughs> but yeah, he I mean, how to slide. he might have learned how to slide. And even so, like even oh. if he's not the athletic freak show that he was in his rookie year, yeah. he's still gonna book it a couple times. And those rushing yards matter in fantasy. And I mean, he's got this offense has good weapons, right? Like, you, has really good weapons right you, now. You think about if they're behind and he's got Duke Johnson, Barnage, Coleman. After a couple weeks, Gordon, like. Rashad Hawkins, Higgins, Higgins <laughs> slot. Uh, that's 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 a pretty fun little offense for him to to throw the ball to. So yeah. I could definitely be in as a, as a streamer, um, or maybe somebody scoop up off the waiver wires. But I'd rather take my shots on a Tyrod Taylor or somebody else in terms of late round quarterbacks. Uh, quick aside, Harmon, you you write the hype train smokescreen piece that we have on NFL.com. Yeah, can you do? You just do me a solid. Can you have a Hugh Jackson edition of train <laughs> or smoke screen? I think he's just, the I think he's the one that should write it. I yeah. mean, where you just oh, basically man. oh no, because it'll all be hype train if it's you. Like we need somebody to kind of cut through, you know, the the Hugh speak and and you know tell us what's real and what's not. That's just you know just something to keep in your back pocket. Maybe something we uh, you know we 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 roll out just before the season starts. <laughs> we should just do our own like we should just do a separate column of like. Stuff Hugh says. Is I mean, that, is honestly, you know, I mean, remember that you know, there's that Twitter account. Stuff my dad says. Like, we should just do stuff Hugh Jackson says, and we can you know try to translate it. it um, speaking of yep. Hugh Jackson and his hype trains, Duke Johnson. Yeah. Uh, Duke Johnson, Isaiah Crowell. I mean, you know, the when when Hugh got to Cleveland, I mean, just so much praise for these guys. And yeah. Okay, first off, who do we like better, Duke or or the Crow? I mean, Duke what? is Duke is the guy everybody wants. I would think so, right? But Crowell is the better bargain. I mean, I, I completely agree with that. Yeah, I, I'm just not, I'm not about Duke Johnson in like the early fifth round. 
Right. Where's, oh, that's way goes. too high. That's, like that's, that's where he goes. That's where he goes in PPR right now. I'm yeah. Looking at standard as I talk, as the page loads. He's probably <laughs> what? He's probably a sixth or seventh in standard. He he is currently. A, oh my god, this list is hard to read. And I, maybe or maybe I'm bad at reading. This is good. This is good podcasting. Yeah, he's yep. a sixth round. Sixth six, round. Six, seven. He's in, no in longer standard. a sleeper. I'm, yeah, not at all. I'm I'm okay with him there, I guess, in standard, depending on my roster makeup. I'm not going to take him holistically every time in the sixth round, but I, I certainly like his upside in the passing game. He caught, what, 60 passes as a rookie? 61. And we know he's a dynamic runner between the tackles. He showed that a little bit last year. He might not have the complete build and skill set of a true featured back, but, I mean, when you're starting to hit that area, I don't mind ch- taking a guy with some upside like that. Yeah, Do we go ahead? Go ahead, franchise. Drafting in the fifth or sixth round, he's like your RB two at that point, yeah. and I don't think in a standard league that's not going to cut it. I, I, I don't think he's going to catch like that much more than the passes that he caught last year. But like I liked him more when Josh Gordon wasn't in the picture. That's true, and I know Josh Gordon's a touchy subject in this room, even though James Coe. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Even though James Coe's seat is absent, but Josh yeah. Gordon. Uh, has really stirred some controversy, I think, in the fantasy community because there are certain guys, Matt Harmon, who's an idiot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, had to, had to get that in What's for up? James. Oh, it's like he's, he's here, here with here. us. James Coe making a cameo. But, I Vegas. mean, regardless of what you think of Josh Gordon, like Marcus said, we'll, we'll talk about that. He's going to eat up volume, and yeah. that volume probably was going to go to uh, to to Johnson before. Yeah, there's just more better targets in that offense. Is there a chance – do any of us believe that maybe at some point midway through the year, one of these two guys, fingers crossed for Duke Johnson, just takes the lead in this backfield and kind of becomes the guy, or are we doomed to a rotation all year? I think it's a rotation. Yeah, yeah. I think we're doomed. I think it's, but it, it could be a little bit like, you know, it's easy to make the comparison because Hughes there, but it could be much of like a Bengals light situation where Crowell is the early down banger, the grinded out guy. The goal line back. Yeah. But the problem is, how often are the Browns going to be in those game scripts that involve a player like Crowell? But right. at the same time, he's a ninth-round pick. I mean, that's a fine dart throw there. Yeah, he'll be like your RB4 or 5 at that point. Uh, franchise, didn't you have in your piece about these backs, too, which another good one you guys can read, uh, NFL.com slash franchise. Uh, didn't Mary Kay Cabot like double or triple down on Crowell getting 1,000 yards this year? Three times this season she's posted. She does like a mailbag thing on her Twitter. She said... Crowell will rush for a thousand yards. Three separate articles that she posted. Yeah, like in one year. It, all this summer. <laughs> all this summer. Now you're saying a thousand yards in one year, Marcus? Yeah. 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 I, and he hasn't had a thousand yard season yet. I think it was That's like why seven or eight hundred yards. That is but, why I asked the question. And talking about Hugh Jackson talk, talking these guys up. He said, "I started this piece with all these quotes of coach speak about the backfield." He said, "These two." talking about Crowell and Duke, are as good as I've seen in a while. Their talent is extreme. Duke Johnson does so many different things that gives your offense a boost, and Crowell can be a big-time runner. And I think the thing about these guys is they're so young still that they're still learning how to develop as NFL running backs, and that's a big deal this this year in camp for them. They're they're learning, they're figuring stuff out, and with Hugh Jackson there, I think the potential is great, and – uh, Crowell's a huge bargain. He's going to get the the yeah. red zone work, and I don't know, maybe six touchdowns and a thousand yards. I I wouldn't shock me. I mean, I think he's a. I'm going to write a piece about the perfect like zero running back or uh, wide receiver heavy running backs to take later in your draft, and I think he's at the top of the list. Yeah, he's. I was actually going to. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was going to tease your piece and ask you if he would be on the list because he seems like that perfect type of one in a team that's probably going to be run heavy because Hugh Jackson's offenses, I think the last four or five years have never not been in the top 10 in rush, rush attempts, or maybe they had one outlier year, but man, 
uh, I, but you know, you said they're not going to be in favorable game scripts, but if they pound the rock 15 times in the first half early with right. uh, with Crowell, he's going to be able to give you solid production when you have a bunch of elite receivers. Agree. Uh, speaking of receivers, Josh Gordon, we know, is suspended for the first four games of the season. Um, Corey Coleman, dealing with a nagging injury, has yet to be on the field. I mean, the question here in the rundown is what do we make of the Gordon-Coleman split? But I think the bigger question is how worried are we about this receiving group as a whole because neither of these guys is really getting a chance to work with the team right now. Yeah, man. I mean, Josh Gordon isn't even in shape. I mean, that's the, at least those are the reports. You yeah. know, and, and Hugh Jackson himself, Hugh Jackson, the king of hype, came out and said that Josh Gordon's not – that's bad, right? Yeah. When the yeah, king of hype can't find a way to hype you? <laughs> that's not good. That's not, not so good, good, right? Goodness. Um, I mean, I think we know we've, – we've kind of hashed the Josh Gordon thing out on this podcast. You know my feelings on it. You know everybody else's feelings on it. I, I, I do think that he is – Feelings podcast? The feelings podcast <laughs> as we transition here. Um, I, I, think that, I think that he's a good pick if you're going wide receiver heavy, but only if you're going wide receiver heavy. Otherwise, you just – you cannot take that, that – Eight pound or eight pound, eighty eight hundred pound gorilla on your uh, on your fantasy squad. There. You can take the eight pound gorilla. Yeah, I think you can that's do, pretty you can, cute. You can deal that. Yeah, that's fine. Har- Har- Harambe, rest in peace. <laughs> um, but, but but Corey Coleman, man. I mean, now that Gordon has come back, his draft price has significantly decreased. He's now like a ninth round pick at wide receiver forty two, and the I, market course corrected on Gordon when he first came back. Everybody freaked out, and now he's well. No, man, Corey Coleman is oh Coleman. Okay, I, and I. I love that there. Uh, our colleague Mark Sessler wrote a great piece on Coleman, not just because he cited me in it, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that didn't hurt, though. No, but that didn't hurt. Uh, but I, you know, I think that Corey Coleman, right off the bat, and this is a comparison that Ben Natan, whose uh, Twitter account you shouldn't follow, but he writes for he writes for Bleeding Green Nation, <laughs> the Eagles website, and he does some NFL draft work. But he made a really good comparison that, from a role perspective, you could see the Browns do with Corey Coleman what the Steelers Steelers did with Martavis Bryant early in his career. You know, not ask him to be a complete player, but just be a big play threat. So as your wide receiver four or something like that, you could see him make, you know, some big plays for your fantasy squad. Nice. All right. Um, By the the way, Josh Gordon's ADP on fantasy football calculator, 12-team leagues, sixth round right now. Stop, people. That is way, way, way Um, Listen, I'm telling you, if if he's your wide receiver four, if you've gone wide receiver heavy, that's not bad. But, again, it's all in common. But, man, sixth round, you're not not drafting a wide receiver four in the – yeah, well, yeah, you are. If I mean, you, I guess if you went, if you if went you've taken, if you've taken, outs. if you've got, you know, if you took, uh, you take like AJ Green in the first round, Mike Evans or Keenan Allen in the second, you know, you throw Mark Ingram in the third, and then in the fourth round, you're taking another wide receiver. You've got plenty of room. Yeah, there. I mean, I guess so. But all right, um, don't do it. So Gary Barnkowski is the tight end number. What? Marcus, we'll start with you. Wow, I'm gonna say. Let me think about this. So we got all right. Well, Harmon, we'll start with you. <laughs> Gary Barnage is the tight end. What for you this year? Uh, I think he's like a fringe top ten tight end. Just I, I think the volume will be there. I think he's probably still their best red zone threat. You know, Josh Gordon notwithstanding. You know, right now he's going off the board as the as a tight end ten in in the ninth round. I, I'm fine with that. I think he legitimately did take a step forward. I think sometimes we see these tight ends come along in a slow burn. Yeah, I currently have him as my seventh tight end, and I think that's about where he's going to be. I mean, we're talking about a guy who had kind of been a journeyman who came out of nowhere and and had a huge season. And again, as the fantasy skeptic, I always kind of want to see somebody do it again. And there, you know, there, there are a lot of guys that I love more than Gary Barnage. I just, I don't know that I take a chance on him, but I think 
I think because of the state of the position, he ends up being a top ten guy. But he's like I, like Harmon said, he's at the back end of that top ten franchise. Yep, I agree. I have him as as my sixth ranked as my sixth tight end for the season ahead of Travis Kelsey, Julius Thomas. But the other thing to remember with him is he's not a young guy either. He's thirty years old. Um, I don't know. I just there's there's a I'm just waiting. I'm waiting on tight end where I probably won't take Garrett yeah. Barnage in any of my leagues. So I'll let someone else deal with him. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you. There are, there are some guys I like that go a few rounds later than him that I'd I'd rather wait and to scoop up there so I can take a shot on more upside guys in the rounds where Gary Barnage typically goes. But yeah, there we go. On to Pittsburgh. Yeah. So uh, we have our resident Steeler fan, the franchise, Matt Franciscovich in the house, and. What's up? Let's start with a question. I actually thought about this this morning when uh, when I was at the gym and looking at Humble that. I always like I, I like that uh, sidebar. I like that we always kind of just randomly throw out like, you know, I was uh, I was I was, I was running uh, after the game. I was, I was uh, at the gym this morning, getting a lift in. And I mean, you do you, Steelers. You do look good. Uh, Thanks, man. But uh, but no, and just the like random places that we think about football. Like I th- that's how that's how the, how the whole Todd <laughs> Gurley thing was brought about. Right. Like I was sitting alone in the living room on a Saturday. Like, well, my life sucks. Let me think about Todd Gurley. <laughs> this, this, I mean, this is how our lives. Work. Work. Yeah. We think um, about this stuff too much. People always ask me too, like quick aside about that though, like the, with you know, because Harmon and I live together, peeling back the curtain more. Like, what do you guys like? Like people that say to us, like, you should make a reality show out of your life, and I'm like, would well, not be a very exciting yeah, reality it'd be show. It would be just, pretty dull. We just drink beer and talk about football. What do you think, what do you think about Stefan Diggs? Ninety percent. Well, I don't know. Some like we can get on a good football run, but sometimes like we're off. Like if we're we're not talking about football, like I don't think people want to hear about. That. Actually, no. honestly, I think you should pitch it to NFL now, Gail Harmon. Let's do it. We'll pass. Uh, anyway, I pitched on the, on the back to the Steelers here. I was thinking about this this morning, and we obviously know Martavis Bryant is not going to play this year. Yep. Le'Veon Bell is gone for four games. Is he? Maybe. Shut up. Essentially. <laughs> um, Get out of here. <laughs> and now we're seeing these stories about Ladarius Green having recurring headaches, and he's on the pup list. Sad. And there's no, there's certainly no timetable for when he's going to get back in action. This offense has lost quite a few pieces, and it's starting to make me wonder, Is I mean, are we still confident in Antonio Brown being the number one overall pick when they're – part of, I think, what made this, this offense so good was that it was so dynamic, and it's a lot less dynamic now than it was a few months ago. Yeah. I'm not concerned about him. No. What What makes Brown the number one pick is his, his volume and how good he is and – you know, he has done it without – he's done it when Martavis Bryant has been in there. He's done it when he hasn't been in there. He's done it when Bell's been in there. He's done it when Bell hasn't been in there. But, man, he hasn't like, done it when all these guys haven't been in there. But if there's one player that we can we can trust to get to get that done, I think I think it'll be him. I'm not concerned about him. I'm more concerned about this earlier in this offseason was when they signed Ladarius Green and we thought Martavis Bryant was going to be there. I was like, man, there's going to be so many fantasy points from this offense. And now, like you said, Marcus, it feel like there are landmines all over the place. Yeah, no, I mean, I completely there agree. There are. Uh, go ahead. You're, even, you're, you're, you're Steeler guy. Here. Even Bell, like, even if you draft Bell in the first or second round or wherever he's going, like, he's got injury risk now. He's not – he only had – he only played 16 games in one season so far, and I don't know. I mean, when he's in there and he's healthy, he's the best running back in the league because of his pass-catching abilities and stuff, but – I can hear the sadness in your voice. It's yeah, just, it, like, it hurts so, <laughs> so depressing. Like, the, this could be – the most exciting offense in the NFL, and it's yeah. just so horrible to see these guys not getting the chance to play, and they're just kind of wasting their youth. Behind the scenes, suspended. Behind the scenes, for all you guys out there listening, uh, the morning that the news came down about 
Martavis Bryant's suspension. You know, we all have a little text message chain between us, and, and I don't remember which of the first one of us was to drop the "Oh no, Martavis," but <sighs> I thought I I wanted to get in my car and drive to Hollywood because franchise's text sounded so despondent over everything. And then the Lev Bell on. one too. Bell that happened. Months, <laughs> well, months Lev, later, the Lev the Lev Bell one. He was just like, I'm straight up dead. <laughs> I died like he's like I got when he, we got into work together. He's like I've already died like two times today. <laughs> so sad. But I don't. You know, I guess I'm I'm a little. I kind of see your point on Brown Marcus a little bit, just because this offense is clearly a different offense without Martavis Bryant on the field. But at the same time, I think he's just so much more. I don't want to say safe, but it, I just like his outlook better than, you know, even any of the other guys, even though if Beckham or, or Julio Jones was to outscore him, it wouldn't totally shock me. Yeah. But but he's probably still my favorite number one overall pick. The guy I'm I'm not interested in at all, unless, you know, you know, Ladary Screen notwithstanding, because that situation is murky at best. Uh, I'm not – I mean, Ben Roethlisberger, we've talked about this before, like hands off at current draft price. Yeah. Hand, completely hands off. He's already been a more volatile fantasy quarterback than most people even want to admit. He's got some weird home road splits, but you know, as quarterback six in the sixth round, which is falling a little bit, no way. Mm-mm. No. Yeah. I, at the beginning, like this one, at the beginning of the year, I was ready to pencil Ben in as my QB four because of all the all the weapons, and now with yeah. everything else, like I think his volatility is going to come back, and I'm just no way. I, I I'm with you. I've I've backed off completely on on him. Is he still a top ten quarterback? I have him at I think literally QB ten right now. Yeah, I have to adjust my rankings because I haven't looked at them in a while. But I was just gonna surmise he'd be at about QB nine, but I might even slide him down. Yeah, lower. I, I mean I'm I'm looking at mine right now and I I haven't tweaked mine. I need to go do that. But yeah. I I look and I see. I mean I immediately see you know Andrew Luck, Carson Palmer, Drew Brees. Uh, maybe Eli Manning, certainly all above him. I think Philip Rivers I'd put above him. Uh, yeah, I think it's you know you start to get around like you know what happens with Tom Brady. He, I think they're kind of in that same area right now. Yeah, um, yeah. Because of the Brady suspension, keeping him out for four games. So, uh, yeah, things have changed. I mean, I say it all the time. Life comes at you fast, and it has come at the Steelers very, very fast. This I don't season. know if it's come at anybody faster. Yeah, no, that sucks. I mean, you know, outside of the you know the what the 2013 49ers or whatever it was 2014 oh, when everybody retired when, yeah. when the whole team was as you said uh, Alex they were raptured that <laughs> was that was life coming that to was, um, football rapture all right so I guess the last question then with his offense we we have to wait and see with Ladarius Green which is sad hopefully he he gets better and things like that because he's an exciting player and, and nobody wants to to see that you know the recurring headaches happen to him but Marcus Wheaton Sammy Coates, somebody's going to have to step up in this offense as the number two option. Which one do you prefer to draft, Marcus Wheaton in round 10-ish or Sammy Coates in round 14? There's a clear answer here, so is anybody going to give the wrong answer? Well, I mean, because, <laughs> of, the, because of their draft price, it's no. Sammy Coates. Yeah. I, but, but, I, but I guess my concern is that they end up kind of splitting those number two receiver duties. Like, there's no guarantee that whoever is the starter is the guy that gets the majority right. of the snaps. Like, we could see both these guys rotate in all year. It could be super frustrating. Yep. You know, Sammy Coates is creeping up right now. He's currently a 10th-round pick on uh, on Fantasy Football Calculator because nobody has been building hype like Sammy Coates. I mean, just the buzz has been enormous. And from, like, the immediately, like, after the Super Bowl and stuff, too, they're like, oh, Sammy Coates is still here, like, still working yeah. out. He, he would be a, a pretty big statistical outlier to go from – 
literally Akach as a rookie <laughs> to then being a big factor in year two. But I think they need him. I think he's been in great shape. The team really likes him. You know, he's not Martavis Bryant. I think that narrative is, is silly just because they're both big and athletic. But he can do some of those things. Like when they were getting Martavis the ball on slants and screens, he can do those. He's really dynamic after the catch. He's a cut, dude. I mean, like you talk about – body envy uh man i wish i looked like sammy coates uh that's weird uh, <laughs> but it was a little weird that was yeah. very weird yeah. actually but as long as he stays like a double digit round pick i'm totally in on him and i'm yeah. completely off market like com- completely off marcus wheaton i wouldn't draft him at all period yeah a couple mocks we've done i've taken wheaton in like the ninth round that was like weeks ago now but at, with all this hype about around sammy coates now i'm just i'm with you i'm off wheaton i'm not gonna take him Yep, he scares and me a little bit. The other thing I've just noticed is D'Angelo Williams' ADP has gone up into the fifth round. Are you guys taking uh, him just, that early? That seems a little like, rich for that's me. That's crazy, right? That's a little bit rich for me. It's a high price for four weeks, man. Yeah, People, yeah. But if you're, but to make the uh, to make just be devil's advocate here, like if you're getting an RB one for four weeks, like the RB one, if you know if he does what he did last year, that's not a bad proposition, even if it's only for four weeks. It's also, a big if though, as he right. gets older and right. he's in an offense lacking everything else we said. Yeah, and that's that's the biggest thing that I think is becoming less and less appealing feeling about like just going you know balls to the wall to get the Pittsburgh backfield is just that this offense just might not be as good as what we're used to yeah it could take a huge step back let's actually I actually want to look back at what he did real quick in those I mean 2015 I would say I I would say the other part of that is not only just talking about what he could potentially do in the first four weeks uh, it's what he offers you all year long. I mean, yeah. even we, we saw even when Le'Veon Bell came back, D'Angelo Williams still had a place in that offense. And I, and I do believe that this was going to be a year that we would see the Steelers use Williams a little bit more in an effort to keep Bell fresh for a playoff run. And so you know, I know we spent some time earlier this offseason talking about a guy like Jerick McKinnon yeah. and how McKinnon could really be one of those handcuffs that helps you win a league because of how the Vikings use him. I think similarly, D'Angelo Williams has that kind of value in Pittsburgh where he's going to get, even as the backup, enough volume that you can occasionally use him as a flex option and, and maybe get some decent production out of him. Yeah, but I don't think he'll return on fifth-round value, though. No, no, I, again, I still think yeah. fifth round is a little yeah. too rich for, yeah. for what you're going to get out of him. I mean, it, he was, especially in those early goings, he was a little touchdown dependent as far as fantasy goes. He, he evened it out with some good some good performances later, but he, did, he scored three touchdowns in that Week 2 game against San Francisco, which was a lot of what buoyed his value and had him as the RB1 while Bell was gone. Right. So if those if those if some of those scoring opportunities go away, I don't know, man. Considering when there are other guys that are going, you know, a, a few who are several rounds after him that are going to be featured backs or potential RB ones more on a more weekly basis. Yeah. Uh, you know, like Jonathan Stewart, or Ryan Matthews, or Latavius Murray, like in in that fifth round and beyond. I'm going to have a hard time taking D'Angelo Williams there. Yeah, none of them just have the theoretical – none of those guys you just mentioned have the theoretical ceiling that Williams does. Exactly. And he's also the the prototypical – you know, we're talking about Gio Bernard. Like, if the starter gets hurt, if Le'Veon Bell, who's wont to get hurt, uh, you know, right. gets hurt again, even after coming back from suspension, then you've got a pretty strong RB1 on your hand. But you're paying, like, literally the iron price for Yes, that. exactly, which is what scares me a little bit for yeah. that. There you go. Boom. Uh, so that concludes – our run-through of the AFC North. Of course, we'll have more on Tuesday. Have we decided what division we're doing on Tuesday? Nope. All right, we'll figure that out. So uh, you're just going to have to tune in and listen for that when, uh, when we do that on Tuesday. <laughs> but 
on to what we know that you guys out there have all been waiting for because we see our Twitter mentions on a daily basis. Yes. Uh, our fan league update. Now, James Coe isn't here to make any danger zone selections. I know he did a couple in our most recent podcast, uh, so he's not here. But uh, we are going to pick a couple. We're going to pick a couple today because we're getting close to having needing to fill these leagues and, and scheduling our draft. Yeah, have these like. drafts. So – uh, I guess since we're each doing two, right, we can kind of rotate this, go around. Why don't, sure. Why don't we have the Beard League start off? All right, though? go for it. Uh, I don't know, franchise, go? go for it. All right, I'll go first. So I picked a guy. His name is Austin Artinger, I believe. I don't. Sorry if I pronounce that wrong. But he engages with us on Twitter a lot. He's one of Quite the regularly, yeah. He's always favoriting our tweets and uh, conversing with us. And he wrote a really nice review. It's titled, I jive with NFL Fantasy Live. Ooh, jive. Ooh. But then in parentheses he put, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so That's I'll, good. I'll just read his review. Self-awareness is a big key. You know? <laughs> yes. It sounds like he's got a lot of it. I'll just read his review real quick. He says, let me start off by saying this is one of my favorite podcasts. I've listened to every episode since about April 2015. Fantasy advice provided. Uh, is stellar, and James Coe is a fantastic voice and is a great host. I enjoy <laughs> how the guys not only talk about football, but all sorts of things. Daily Daps is a creative segment. Unique and refreshing. I love talking to the guys on Twitter. They almost always respond. Thank you. I'm dying to get into one of the listener leagues. This is where he got me. I'm very intrigued by the Danger Zone League because I burned my hand on a stove once, and it kind of gave me a rush. So, <laughs> uh, since you're interested think- in I think you might need to seek help for that. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Get help. Um, but we, you are not going in the Danger Zone League, Austin. We are picking you for the Beard League because you and Matt Harmon have discussed on Twitter how you cannot grow facial hair anywhere but your neck. <laughs> so that qualifies you for Battle of the Beards. He says, I love you guys in the podcast. is a must-listen throughout the year. Keep up the good work. Um, so, Austin, you're in. All right, welcome. Welcome Boom. to the Beard League. Welcome. Me and Matt Harmon. There we you should go. have like a, a, a drop for this, like some sort of celebration. Yeah, I'll probably, well, we'll have to work something up. I'll have our, our, the Irishman our help producer us. sucks. There we go. Would you? Wow. <laughs> wow. He does not okay. see, these suck. Are the, these are the kind of things people want to see in a reality show. See. Wow. Uh, so that means we're up, right? The OG League now? Are we going one and one and one and one? Yeah, I think that's how All right, you want to do yours you first? Mean, sure. The less manly league than the Beard League? Stop. Stop. Get over Damn yourself. It. High five. <laughs> anyway, um, we we certainly, you know, we want to try to be international. We know we have a lot of international listeners. We hear from people uh, in you know, Mexico, Canada, Europe, all over the place, Australia, I know, New Zealand, I believe. Uh, and so we, we certainly appreciate everybody from everywhere listening. And so in that vein... I am going to pick someone uh, amongst our neighbors to the north here. Yeah. Uh, Canada, eh? Winterfell? Eh? Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, we're, going to, we're going north of the wall here. Oh, jeez. And uh, anyway, uh, so at Colin Randall from Toronto, his review is, I enjoy this podcast. I would enjoy it more with the following. One, I'm admitted into one of your public leagues. Come on, I'm good for it. We go way back. My savvy veteran GM moves will provide you gents with many segments on trying to break down the genius that is me. You're welcome. Two, sell me a copy of James Coe's laugh. The missus can't stand it. If I can get a copy of that as a ringtone, it might make my life. She doesn't know how to work her phone. And was, uh, I'm giddy just thinking about this. Come on, guys. You used to be cool. <laughs> And, like, me being Marty McFly is like, what do you mean used to be? Yeah. <laughs> uh, three, none of this will actually help you improve the podcast for anyone but me. I assume you make this just for me anyways, so all good. Love the show. Keep up the good work. 
Colin, that's a winner for us. You are now in the OG. Yes, we got to love somebody that's going to troll his wife with James Coe's laugh <laughs> and believes we make the podcast just for him because we do make it for you guys, for the listeners. Absolutely. You're, what, you're what keep getting us in here twice and soon to be three times a week. There you Ooh. go. All right. Harmon? All right, so this one comes in uh, from Max Quinn, at Max Quinn on Twitter. He went all out to get in, and uh, I I like that. So his review is, if you're looking for a fantasy podcast, and, and I, I'll preface this, this is a lot of puns, which started off on a bad note because I hate puns. Uh, if you're looking for fantasy, that explains why you glare at me all day. Yeah, yeah what's well, one of the reasons? <laughs> if you're looking for a fantasy podcast to blow your entire Fabiano budget on, it's oh, get oh. hard to look past this oh. one. Granted, there are plenty of fantasy pods out there, but this is the only one to harmoniously oh, no. combine reliable, in-depth analysis with lighthearted approach. Continued. Sometimes they enter a truly rancorous fantasy quagmire called the danger zone, but order is always restored before things become too. I don't. <laughs> what is it like, franchetic or something? Francovicious. I don't know. And uh, anyways, uh, overall there are. And now here's where we get good. Overall, these legends have helped me stay on high bird alert. And I'm gonna take guess. I'm gonna guess strong. By the way, I'm gonna guess that was Francisca Vicious. Is probably where. Yeah, it was probably. Ah, there nice. Take a stronghold on all my fantasy leagues. I trust their analysis to West Virginia. Not sure if this place actually exists. And back, heart emoji. And that's great. Pretty good review. He's also from Australia. Bonus points there. Nice. Um, But really where he stood out was he sent us a chart. uh, This was late Tuesday night, I think. Detail like uh, with all different little things about how to get into the beard league. Wow, this and everything. Is, this is very detailed. I'm looking so at this right it, now. It, it's a zero to one scale for chance to entry. So zero at when league opens. iTunes review. He goes up to a seven. Then the West Virginia tweet. He brought himself down to a four. That was, <laughs> that was not good. And then he goes all the way up to nine when he put m- me as Kamar Aiken's father on his Wikipedia. <laughs> oh jeez. Which, by and the way, that's that's actually franchise is franchise uh, is actually Kamar Aiken's father. Yeah. To, to be to be frank, but uh, and then he's he puts himself down at a two with this dumb graph. But no, 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 that brings you up to ten. Yeah, yeah I think you're. And you're, he's got a number, you know, disastrously off. Hide your kids. Bird alert. Wide receiver <laughs> prognosticator. My goodness. High, a meme, bruh, crying Jordan. I mean, it's all I, on here. And it, the best part is the top right corner. It's got that horrendous picture of Gelhar as a child that he tweeted out. Wait, he put that in there? Yeah, too? it's on the top, top right, right corner. Little, like, so, I mean, this chart is undeniable. And Max, you are in the Beard League. Well oh. done. I want to say, Quinn. I do want to say, and, you know, I, 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 a lot of you have come out and left reviews. And I know we can't pick everybody. You know, I know we wish we could. There's I guess if we were Scott, if we were Scott Fish and we did a Scott Fish Bowl type thing, we probably yes. could get just about all of you guys in. So it, it is it is hard. Trust us, it's hard to know that not all of you can get into this thing. But I will say, the creativity and the level of effort that some of you guys have put into this has been right. amazing. What I right, and and that's just a you know listen. People that leave reviews, <laughs> it's like, hey, want to be in the league. That you're not getting in there. Like, you got to be better than that. Right. You don't have to go all out like this, but no. you got to be better. You than could that. see, like, even in the review that franchise pick for Austin, it was just it was just a good whole, you know, sincere yeah. review. Like yeah. those those are good too. We got those. We got creativity. Now we've got another one for the last entrant into the OG league, because uh, this is a this is an example of creativity as well. I'm going to try and breeze through this because it's it's a little long and we're running long. But it comes Shocker. from Jimmy underscore Holub H O L U B from Austria, another international listener, but. Uh, headline, the force is strong with this one. 
a short time ago in a galaxy not so far away. Fantasy Football Wars Episode 2, A New Challenge. He goes on to <laughs> basically do the, an opening crawl from Star Wars, calling himself Darth Jimmy, and how he's trying to take on the Dark Council members, which are us in a fantasy league. Jimmy. Uh, it goes on for a couple paragraphs. It's good. Defe- it says, defeating the Dark Lord could be the final step on Jimmy's path to eternal fantasy glory. Dot, dot, dot. And then he says, if you made it this far, suppose you like Star Wars. Parentheses. I'm looking at you, Alex Gelhar. I absolutely love your podcast. It's by far my favorite fantasy football show, and I've listened to a lot of them. You guys are so hilarious. At times, I just can't stop laughing. Your advice is great. Your rankings and projections are pretty accurate. Well, that's debatable. And it's great <laughs> that you try to answer your listeners' questions via Twitter. Really have a hard time waiting for each new episode to come out. Uh, and then he says, so if you decided to fulfill some of your listeners' dream of playing in a fantasy football league with you, that's truly amazing. I would love to be a part of that. Happy to play in any of the leagues, so plug me in if you liked my review. And as he said, he's from Austria, so that adds a little color to the league. Man. Uh, anyways, thanks a lot for reading all that crap. You're welcome, even if I don't make it into one of your leagues. But if you decide to plug me in, please play the Star Wars intro music while reading the first part of my review. We cannot for Sadly, rights. Sadly, for rights, uh, but not allowed to do that. <laughs> regardless, uh, Jimmy underscore Hullab, welcome to the OG league, for the, league the, for the man. Star Wars one and from being from Austria. Absolutely. So Jimmy. Jimmy's in the OG league. So... Those are our picks. We will, we will have more. Jimmy's in the league. We will have more on Tuesday when we do our next podcast. We're going to start to wrap this up because we've got to schedule the yep. draft and, and all this kind of stuff. But uh, thanks again. Keep sending reviews. Keep posting stuff on iTunes. Keep hitting us up on Twitter. The entries are not closed yet. Uh, and by the way, uh, ladies, we know that there are a lot of you out there listening. We uh, we feel like we're kind of lacking in in submissions from yeah. uh, from the ladies out there. So please feel free to throw something in. Help us out. Uh, we would love to kind of you know make these leagues as diverse as possible. So all that beautiful. All right, uh, let's dab and go. Yep. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is the day. Daps and hugs. Give me daps, cause I be scribbling right. Give me dabbing up, daps abound, daps up. That was loud. That You're was loud. loud. <laughs> okay. Okay. Daily Daps. Uh, who? Harmon, how about we go with you? Oh, God, I wasn't prepared. All right, then we'll go Gilhar. How about uh, that? All right, so my Daily Dap is a simple one. I have lived in Los Angeles for about five-ish years now, and one of the big slights against me as an Angelina was I had never been to Disneyland. It's, you know, the most magical place on Earth. It's the happiest place on Earth, So which I, is what I say to the little kids that are crying when you're walking <laughs> through the park. Stop crying. It's the happiest place on Earth. So I went on Tuesday. I took a quick day off before the season starts, and we get no such things uh, to go with the new girlfriend who is a Disneyland expert and uh, had a wonderful wait, time. Wait, 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 wait. We're dropping girlfriend now? Yeah, we're, we're there. I didn't – no one updated me on this. I, well, it's been recent, so. Wow. Anyways. Breaking Feel- news. Feelings podcast update. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll continue. Well, that. yeah, it's for, for the Feelings podcast. But anyway. We went. She's like a Disneyland expert, so we abused the fast pass system and got on a ton of rides and go. all these all these details and stuff, and just had a, had an all around awesome day at Disneyland. So no complaints, and I'm excited to go back when they open up the new Star Wars section because yes, I am a nerd and I love Star Wars, so I want to go sit at the cantina there and uh, you know hear some some great music and stuff. Did you get like a giant turkey leg or one? Did of not do the turkey. Enorm- did enormous not pickles. That did they not have? do the turkey leg. We did. They had a. Churro funnel cake, though, that we ate towards the end of the day, that was one of the best desserts I've ever had. Yeah. It it's, was it's phenomenal. Legit. It is legit. But there's my daily dap to Disneyland. Fantastic. Oh, and obviously Star Wars, the new Rogue One trailer. Incredible. Go watch it. Yep. There you go. Uh, franchise? All right. My daily dap is going out to a band that I really love called Young the Giant. All right. Their third full-length album just came out today. It is awesome. It is called Home of the Strange. And uh, all their albums that they've put out, I love from start to finish. Every single track is solid. There's their sound has evolved on every album. 
they have everything from like these laid back acoustic songs to a little more rocky electric guitar songs or kind of an indie rock overall. Uh, the lead singer, uh, Samir Gadia, I believe is how you pronounce his name. His voice is awesome. They're from Orange County, California. Uh, this album has a little bit of a political theme about immigration and um, stuff like that in America. So check it out. It is awesome. I listened to it for, for the first time on my drive in this morning and was super pumped freaking out in my car. Uh, <laughs> so Young the Giant, Home of the Strange, daily daps to this band. There you go. Uh, Harmon, are you ready yet? I, I am ready. All right, go um, for it. So <laughs> <laughs> Finally. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready now. So I, uh, I had a conversation with um, the first – physical or a personal trainer that I ever had uh recently this was earlier this week and when I was telling him you know how much I I weigh now and my current diet and everything he said bro you've got to up your he didn't say bro James Coe is not my trainer but (laughs) he's like yo you've got to up your uh your caloric intake you got to start eating some more quote-unquote unhealthy foods in order to uh oh this sounds terrible eat more junk food and I was like oh for real and he's like no no yeah you can't be as strictly healthy as you've been the last seven months you need to start mixing in more uh caloric intake so daily daps to him so uh, so so now he gets he's gonna I get to start taking like three cheap meals french fries what are we going to the gulp is the question let, let me get hey, this we, right. Hey, we do need to put in some time there. We yeah. have been since my Let birthday. me get this right. Personal trainer says eat more junk food to build more muscle. Be, well, yeah, essentially. Man, because I, because <laughs> I balance I mean, the I, diet. Yeah, because uh, I've been on like an outrageously healthy diet. Like, man, if that's the, the case, last. I should be ripped. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Marcus, you've also got to train pretty hard. Like, Does I do. beer count? I did get some good gains after that churro funnel cake, I think. Gains. <laughs> so. There you go. Um, nice. My daily dabs, I got a few. One, the Rogue One trailer. Um, I, I, I didn't cry when I saw that. No, not at all. You, cry- um, you did. You were crying. You did. It was you, it was you that was crying. It wasn't me. Uh, that it was, was dusty in the newsroom. <laughs> that, was, that was fantastic. Uh, daily dabs also, Mayor, musically, Mayor Hawthorne, who uh, I am a fan of. Mayor Hawthorne is basically what would happen if Robin Thicke was actually cool. Um <laughs> He put, whoa, out, whoa, whoa. He, he put out an album recently called Man About Town, not to mention the fact that I once sat next to Mayor Hawthorne at the uh, counter of a diner in Culver City, and we ate breakfast next to each other and talked about pancakes. So we're basically best friends now. That's how it happens. Uh, but my final daily dap goes out to Simone Manuel. Uh, I mean, the Olympics have been a lot of fun to watch. I know there have been complaints about NBC's coverage and, you know, whatever, but Simone Manuel winning uh, a gold medal last night in swimming and becoming the first African-American woman to win an individual medal in swimming. That was cool, but what was cooler to me was watching her reaction and just seeing, you know, how, uh, you know, how she took it all in and, and how the moment was so big for her. And even just seeing, you know, pictures of it and seeing interviews and videos afterwards got me a little bit dusty uh, because it is amazing to watch these athletes achieve their dreams and especially to realize for so many of them i mean to realize how young so many of them yes, are it's amazing it is absolutely amazing to you know be at that level to be at that pinnacle at such a young age and so um oh that you reminded me that's an, that's an awesome story i want to jump in one more with this funny thing because we talked about it a little bit on slack but uh lily king on Monday, forgot to do it on. Well, I didn't oh, do it yeah. on Tuesday because we recorded. That was the, the best early. rivalry going. In. That was so awesome. So, for, <laughs> if you don't know, she was in the I think the breaststroke or something uh, for women's swimming, and uh, in the semifinals, there was a Russian athlete who I forget her name. Uh, Efemova. Efemova had been in a doping scandal, but she got through on her appeal, and then she won her semifinal heat. So she did the like Dikembe Mutombo, no, 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 wave. finger wave yeah. at the cameras. And Lily King, who's a 19-year-old U.S. Olympic athlete, saw her do that and finger-waved her back. 
and then beat her for the gold medal. Boom. And it was just and just like a total mic drop, Rocky Four, like knocking out Drago. It was awesome. And it was so cool to see a nineteen year old swimmer have that much swagger and yeah. confidence yeah. and then bring home the gold for America. Which so. by the way, that I mean, as great as that was, it sort of got overshadowed because it was the same night as Phelps, Phelps. face. Uh, which was also amazing. Which but, that was uh, great too. Yeah. Well, because so. that guy was dancing in front of him, but that was <laughs> he so was like airboxing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so Phelps was, was just there, was all awesome. angry, and but then Phelps just destroyed him. So yeah, daily taps to all of our Olympians. You guys are amazing. And, so good. Uh, so good. Appreciate the hell out of you. There we go. Um. So that'll do it for us. We can get out of here for the Wiz Kid from Wisconsin for the franchise for Harmon. I am Marcus Grant. We will talk to you on Tuesday. Peace out. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota. Let's go places. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And hmm. not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.